Well, if you got your Bible, uh, turn to 1 John chapter 4. Uh, we're going to kind of wrap up chapter 4. Uh, I hope you, uh, in your own free time, if you haven't had uh, anything else to do these days, uh, you're reading through the book of 1 John uh, along with us. And as we get to this section today, 1 John 12 to 19 is what we're going to read uh, today. Uh, verse 12 is kind of on its own. It's the tail end of a thought. And it really is about us uh, loving others is a tremendous demonstration of how God's love in us is completed. So when we love others, uh, God's love is complete in us and we demonstrate that we actually love God when we love others. Hmm, amazing. So if we don't love others, what does that say about our love for God? Might, might say something. And, and then verses 13 through 16 talk about God's love for us, how his divine love for us has tremendous impact. And then verses 17 and kind of beyond to the end of the chapter, it, it talks about how God's love is being completed in us. And so that kind of gives you a framework for what we're going to read today. So if you've got your Bible open and ready, look it with me at 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 12. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because he has given us his spirit. Remember, John is writing to Christians, to the church. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. The love that God has for us, no, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. I'm going to pause right there for just a second. About 15 years ago, I read scripture in a wedding. It was this passage, and I messed up the same spot. <laughs> and so I made it up. Because I couldn't find my place. And the only person that knew was the bride, who was my cousin. And she asked me afterwards, did you say that right? I said, nope, not at all. <laughs> it's proof that none of us are perfect, okay? So, only Jesus. So, let's start again at verse 14, because John, uh, Richie, if you can help us, because John was there uh, when Jesus walked the earth. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. The love, see, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he 
is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. As John writes in verse 12, he says, no one has ever seen God, which is interesting to me because he actually had seen God because he saw Jesus. But none of us, including him, have beheld, is the word, beheld the Father. None of us have seen the full glory of the Father. None of us have. We have not experienced the majesty of God. And the truth is, we can't. Because if we did, we would all die. Because God cannot be connected to sin. And we, as sinful humanity, could not stay in his presence. And so none of us have beheld the majesty of the righteousness of God. No one has ever had that opportunity. However, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. It's interesting to me that as John writes this and as he experienced and he walked with Jesus Christ in person, and he talks about the, the majesty and the glory of the heavenly father. He brings it down to, to a very earthy term, kind of very, very mundane terms here that though we haven't beheld, even though we haven't fully experienced the majesty of our heavenly father, if we love someone, then you know what they get to see? They get to see a glimpse of God through you and me. No one has beheld the Father. But when you and I love others, they get a glimpse of his love. They get a glimpse of his character. They get a glimpse of who our Father is. We are perfected in love and we are perfected by love. And so your love and my love for other people is confirmation of your love for God. Your love for others is confirmation of your love for God. Because the spirit of God, as he writes, lives within us. If, if we have a relationship with Christ, if, if we've placed our faith in Jesus, then we have a relationship with God. We, we've received the love of God. We've, we've been called his children. We've been adopted into the family of God. And the spirit, his spirit that lives within us, as Romans says, testifies that we are children of God. And that gets manifested out, that gets demonstrated in how we love other people. God's gift to us is his love. God's gift to us is the spirit that dwells within us, even as we just sang about. We're his children through Jesus Christ and the love that he has for us now is made known to the world, is made known to your neighbor, to your spouse, 
to your kids and your grandkids, to your coworker, to the lady at the grocery store, to that person at the salon, the guy at the lumberyard. That's how we demonstrate that the love of God lives in us is by loving them. Because the spirit lives within me and so I'm tuned in to the love that God has for me because his spirit lives within me. I'm tuned, I'm in tune to the love that God has for that person. How much does God love that person? Enough to die for them. And so if I recognize that, then I'm going to demonstrate that same kind of love to them. Because he loves me and his love is perfected in me. And so we testify, just as John did, we testify to the truth of God's love, that he sent Jesus Christ who gave his life for the sins of the world. We've said that about 10 times in four chapters, that that Jesus Christ came so that he may give his life out of love for you and me, that we would have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So we testify to that kind of sacrificial love. I know God loves me because he sent Jesus. I know that. I know God loves me. I know God loves you because he sent Jesus. And as John writes here, so we've come to know and to believe The love that God has for us, that God is love and whoever abides in him, whoever abides in love abides in God. I love those three words, very important words. We've come to know, we've come to believe, we've come to abide. Those are three important words. It's not just to to know, I know Jesus Christ existed. He was a real person. No, I've placed my faith in him. I've trusted him. And now I abide, dwell, live, hang out, rest in, like kick my feet up in the lazy boy. That's what abide means, like to, to sit in there and live in that moment. I live there because his divine love is living in me. And so I I abide in love. I I live in love. Well, what does that mean? Well, what does love look like? What what is love? Right? God is love, it says in this very passage. But how did God demonstrate his love for us? Well, he did that through sacrifice, right? Sacrificing himself, leaving the glory of heaven, right? Not considering it equality with God. Jesus came to this earth. It's sacrifice, sacrifice. When's the last time you and I have sacrificed for someone else? Love is also about compassion, that that I have a soft heart towards people in need. And so I'm gonna soften my heart towards others. I'm gonna express that compassion through care and kindness. Just as we saw the folks that handed out turkeys and, and food baskets this past week. Compassion, the reason why we're collecting shoeboxes for children. Because we care for those who are hurting. We care for those who need the gospel. We care for those who are in need. I have compassion. 
No matter where you fall in the mask issue, I have compassion for people. And so I'm going to willingly sacrifice my thought and opinion because I love you. Now we're stepping on toes, I know. But I'm going to be selfless. That's what love is, selfless. Love is about sharing people the truth and giving the truth with compassion and grace. Sitting beside them and and walking through the truth. Not yelling and screaming, not demanding your way. That's not love. Because that's not what God does. The beauty of Jesus' life was more about question than it was about answer. And so how often do we ask questions to help people discover the truth? That's the loving response. Do we show love? Do we abide in love? Are we sacrificial? Are we selfless? Do we have compassion and grace? Do we help people discover the truth rather than demand they know the truth? That's love. And so, as we love, love is perfected within us. It's perfected within us. Because love is about others first. And when you and I put others first, because that's what God did for you and me, he put us first by giving his son, Jesus Christ. When you and I put others first, our love is made complete, perfected. And we have confidence. We have confidence in our faith. And so my question for us is, if we are to abide in love, and if the readers in the first century were to abide in love, and John is very adamant about that word because he says it a bunch, Right. Anytime you see something repeated in the scripture, pay attention because you, you need to know because they need to know. And he uses that word abide all the time. Abide in love. Abide, abide, abide. Live in, dwell, hang out, rest in. So if, if, we're, if we don't abide in love, then what are we abiding in? Well, I asked a couple of people this week, what do you think we abide in? What do we live in? And here are their responses. We abide in comfort. Hmm. Guilty. We abide in intellect, both educational and I'll say religious. We abide in those things. Well, I'm pretty smart. I, I, I know a lot. Whether that's I know a lot about math or science or English, history, or I know a lot about the Bible. So I abide in my intellect. I abide in self-righteousness. If only they. Mm. That's, that's a tough one. If only they. 
We abide in control. Do we like to control things? We do. Like I, I brag about it all the time, especially if you're from Texas, because I, I, I am. I, I want to do it my way. I want to do it when I want it, how I want to do it. And by golly, you're not going to tell me any different. Just ask my family. And I want them to do it my way. Right? It, we, we want control. We abide in fear. We abide in fear. So that was the survey, and then I added one. We abide in self-preservation. And I don't mean the self-preservation that's going to keep us alive a few years longer. I mean we abide in self-preservation to keep my status quo going. That's self-preservation. I, I abide in living my life so that my status quo can continue. And love is anything but that. And so when's the last time you've been inconvenienced? You've been stretched. You've been asked to do something that is not to your liking. When's the last time you've actually listened to someone who disagrees with you completely on your political, social, religious, gardening views? Doesn't matter. When's the last time we've done that? Because that's what love is. A well-known author, Annie Lamott, said it this way. You can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. Mmm. We just had that a few weeks ago during the election. That's true. And yet God... Over and over and over again in the scripture and over and over and over again in this book, I, I feel like a broken record over the last five weeks because it's the same song, 10th verse. But the beauty of that is it's probably the one thing we need the most work on to love one another to abide in the love of God, to so understand that God loves me and God so loves you that I want to give you a glimpse of that love by how I treat you. And so I'm going to abide in love. Because when you and I abide in love, it gives us some things. Abiding in love gives us confidence. We have, we have confidence when we abide in love. The, the fact that you and I have received the love of Christ enables to stand. We stand on the day of judgment without fear, without shame. 
We stand because when God sees us on that day, he's going to see Jesus. And so I have confidence to walk through this life and be ready for the day of judgment because of Jesus. That love gives me confidence. The Greeks said it this way, that because of this, they use this word confidence, that I have the privilege, right? I'm in a place of privilege. That's what confidence is. I'm in a place of privilege. I can have freedom. I can be outspoken. I can be frank with one another. I can stand boldly and confidently on that day. Because of God's love for me, because I've received his love, and when I abide in that love, I can stand confidently on the day of judgment with no fear, no shame. I don't have to fear like those who are without Christ. I stand with confidence. And so it doesn't matter if I love you well and I abide in that love and you reject me, it's okay. Because I have the confidence of God's love for me. It's okay that you don't love me. And it's okay that people in your world don't love you. But you continue to love them and live in that kind of love. Sacrifice, grace, peace, empowerment in the power of the Spirit. Selfless. Have the confidence that God's love is being perfected in you. And you will stand tall on that day, the day of judgment. But abiding in love also gives me peace. Gives me peace. And it should give you peace. Because there is no fear in love. When I live in love, I have peace. When I abide and dwell in the love of God, I have peace. One other translation says it this way. Instead of it saying, there is no fear in love, this is what it says. There is no room for fear in love. Love and fear are like oil and water. They do not mix. They don't go together. They're like that oil and vinegar you get at Jersey Mike's, right? Part at the top, part at the bottom. You have to work hard to get them together. Because they don't mix. Peace. When I receive, when I accept the love that God has for me, I have peace. Because fear is all about punishment. That's the reason most of us go close to the speed limit. Because we don't want to get pulled over and get a ticket. It's the reason we do a lot of things because we don't want to get punished. And yet, when we think about love, when we think about the, the love that God has for us, that love gives us peace because our sin is wiped away because our punishment has been taken away. Our punishment was given to our Savior, Jesus, and he took it. So you and I wouldn't. And so when I abide in the love of God, I have peace. I get to experience that love. But I also have strength. Because when you and I abide in love, we are like him. 
That's what the scripture says. We are like him. We're flawed still. I wrote in my notes, flawless. That's a good, (laughs) we're still flawed. He's flawless, but we're sons and daughters of the most high God. We're adopted into his family. And so I'm a son of God. You are a son or daughter of God if you have a relationship with Christ. And so you should live in the strength and the power that the spirit gives you. God lives in you. The power to overcome sin and death, that resurrection power, it lives in you. That strength beyond measure. And most of us don't exercise it. We live in mediocrity and yet God's love is calling us to live in power and strength and might. And this may sound odd, but when we abide in love, it gives us love. We love because he first loved us. We have love. We are loved. We love. That's who we are. As people of faith, as the church, as families who care and respond to needs around us. Because how I love you and how you love others is a direct response to the love that you experience from our Heavenly Father and how you see God's love. It's a direct response to the love that God has for you and me. And so may I remind you again, your love of others is confirmation of your love for God. Your love for others is confirmation on how you see God's love for you and how you see God's love for others. We have love. We are loved. And we should love.